Hey Sam, what's up? I'm seriously starting to wonder how long it'll take before Fire Troll Ransacks New York is no longer considered news in the Ultimate Universe. Well, I mean, IRL, we do have a Fire Troll Ransacking the White House. Oh shit, did we just get topical? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember when the Green Goblin actually attacked the White House? Yeah. Why did he do that again? Probably because all those, uh, all the, trying to pay all the taxes. Okay, no more politics on the show. I'm pretty sure supervillains don't pay taxes anyway. Well, if you know so much about fire troll behavioral science, why don't we do a podcast about it? Wait a minute. That's what we're, we're doing, doing right, right now. now. Hey, all you losers out there, and welcome to another episode of Ultimate Losers. I'm your co-host, Sam White. And I'm your co-host, Sean White. Ultimate Losers is your podcast guide through Marvel's ultimate alternate universe. Universe 1610, better known as the Ultimate Universe. Woo! So today we're doing Hubgoblin Part 2. Um, this goblin, or this, wait, what is, this hob is go, goblin? Nah, shit. Let's, let's restart everything. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Sean White. <laughs> Ultimate Losers is brought to you by <laughs> Goblin Hobbs. Goblin some hobs. I gotta gobble me some. Oh, it's go- hobbing goblin corn on the goblin. <laughs> so it's Ultimate Spider-Man issues 75 to 77, published from June to July 2005, written by Brian Michael Bendis, pencils by Mark Begley, inks by Scott Hanna. And colors by J.D. Smith. Thank you, J.D. <laughs> Thank you, J.D. Uh, and apologies for this one. We're uh, a little bit late on this week's episode. Things have been really busy. Uh, for both of us, but especially Sam. Uh, basically, Sam doesn't have a personal life anymore. You're going to Nashville, and I don't have a personal life anymore. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So we're just uh, we're just trying to fit this in whenever our schedules can fit it. So we hope you enjoy the app. <laughs> yeah, and there might be. We're not sure. You're going to Nashville. I am. I'm going on a trip to Nashville. You have a trip for work soon. Yeah, so there mm, might be a dearth of episode for yeah, a bit. We, we might be on hiatus for a little bit, but we'll, we'll talk about it at the end here. We don't take a lot of time off anyway. Anyway, let's get let's get into this, because we don't have a lot of time. <laughs> so, uh, this is part two, so what happened in part one? Uh, Harry Osborn is back, he's acting threatening, Nick Fury is involved. As always. Peter and MJ are fighting because we learned that Harry and MJ used to kind of sort of maybe be dating. They used to make out a lot. And then Harry uh, called Peter and said, put your costume on and come over. 
<laughs> yeah, he did. It's it was very creepy, and Aunt May was like, "You shouldn't come over." She didn't know about the costume part, but yeah, she wouldn't have let him leave the house if she knew about the costume part, and not because she's afraid of Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Also, Harry, in a flashback, we learned that Harry uh, met his father's old mercenary assassin assistant, and mm-hmm. uh, he. Uh, was taken to a bunker in the middle of the woods and then told the words Senador. Not just in the middle of the woods, in the middle of New Jersey. Yeah, and uh, then he remembered everything about his father being all gobby and shooting fire out at his mother. and Owning sharks. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of sharks. Shark possession. You're losers here. We theorized that in the bunker there is a shark supplier or a salesman of some kind the sharks just the sharkatorium just doesn't make any sense unless he had somewhere to get the some sharks. sort of shark repository instead though there's just a bunch of fucking gatorade in here yeah so uh issue 75 opens with a flashback to him going in the bunker yeah and mr shaw his father's uh, old associate uh shows him this Room full of Gatorade, as Sam described it. <laughs> Just a bunch of Gatorade on a shelf. <laughs> Actually, there's some weird shit in here, though. Did you notice that he has uh, masks of the old, like, I don't know, 19 tickety two Green Goblin mask, and then also the mask of the Green, like the Willem Dafoe Green Goblin in here? Yeah, I did notice that. Also, did you notice that he seemed to be halfway through building a robot goblin? A Robo Goblin? Yeah, that one. I I did manage to catch that one as it was the most important thing on the goddamn page. Yeah, and there's also Dr. Octopus's tentacles, and I think all three of these things, the mask, the robot, and the tentacles, could be combined to create someone's very specific sexual fantasy. I feel like if you stared, stared at any one of those objects for too long, you would lose your mind. Well, that's kind of apt because... Harry kind of does that. Harry is not uh, into what he is seeing. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of all news to him. Uh, and Shaw is explaining uh, to the horrified Harry that, like, oh, this was built by your grandparents as a bunker, you know, in case of a nuclear fallout. But then when your father inherited it, he is Norman Osborn and crazy, and he turned it into a goblin factory. And used it to hide from S.H.I.E.L.D.? So Harry loses his mind, and Shaw starts slapping him and screaming cellar door. And much it's like really a really good, much like a college frat boy, Harry blacked out and then woke up at home. Yeah, and <laughs> he wakes up on the couch. This is going to be really important because uh, we have some discuss- discussing to do about what exactly happened here. Yeah. But for now, Mister Shaw is just standing uh, on the balcony of the apartment. This big, rich person penthouse apartment. And he's just uh, kind of uh, saying that, like, oh, Harry, you fell asleep, and I just carried you gently into the back of the car, and we... <laughs> well, actually, no, he doesn't say he carried him back. He, he, he denies the whole bunker thing. He just says, like, oh, you fell asleep, and we were just having a chat about your father. Yeah, he was like, you fell asleep delicately on my lap. And Harry's like, why am I in my pajamas now? And Shaw's like, well, I couldn't let you sleep in your day clothes. (laughs) Get them all sweaty. Harry is confused with what Shaw wants. Shaw says, we got to find your dad. And Harry is like, okay. And Shaw's like, well, then we need you. Let's be real, I'm kind of confused with what Shaw wants. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, Shaw says we need to find the person who knows where your dad is, Peter Parker. And Harry is like, why Peter? And Shaw reminds him, well, he's Spider-Man, uh, which Harry does know. Uh, with the memory problems, though, it's a little unclear what Harry remembers and doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Shaw, Shaw's plan, despite Shaw being like this assassin super spy guy, is weirdly for Harry to become friends with Spider-Man, and then he'll definitely tell him where the Green Goblin is. Yeah, which is odd. Um, they also have a fun argument, uh, Shaw and Harry, about whether or not Norman killed his wife. And it, Shaw's reasoning is, why would a man kill his wife? It had to be a fire. But we're ignoring the fact that Norman Osborn is a troll made of fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Harry knows this. But, I mean, it's it's like a pretty, like... It's, it's pretty clear at this point that something screwy is going on. <laughs> Yeah, there's really weird, and Harry's gaps in memory, and Shaw conveniently, like, saying all these things that Harry wants to hear are interesting. Yeah. Wants to hear and doesn't want to hear, I also, should say. Also, Shaw, at first he was his man, uh, he was the man paid to do a job by Norman Osborn, and he's getting more and more emotional. Yeah. But, uh, back at uh, where we left off then, this is part of why Harry called Peter and said, it's time, get your costume. Yep, because to help him fight Vulture. <laughs> no! <laughs> so that he can get him to, like, fess up where the Green Goblin is, I guess. But uh, Peter tries to convince Aunt May, who was just right there when he answered the phone, to let him go out again. But it's past 8pm and it's way past your bedtime, mister. Yeah, so Peter tells Aunt May to heck off. <laughs> it's, uh... Aunt May is really understanding about this. She's, like, surprisingly, like, tame for, like, having a son, basically, who just said, like, screw you, Mom. Heck off, Aunt May. I'm going to the Daily Bugle. But Peter storms off to his room because she won't let him leave. And uh, he never does get to go meet Harry that night. The next day at school, we get to see... uh, Peter angrily stormed past uh, MJ and Liz Allen. So in case we forgot that they're in a fight. (laughs) Yeah, Liz Allen's kind of there as like the friend to like talk to MJ and be like, wow, Peter is a jerk. Don't let him treat you like that girlfriend. That's not how Liz Allen talks. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, we kind of see a bit throughout the school day how MJ and Peter are still in this fight. She's trying to make up, and he's just being, like, a jerk. Like, just ignoring her when mm-hmm. she's trying to, like, like worry about him and in class. And then, finally, at lunchtime, she goes to him and uh, finds him sitting on the bleachers, eating a sandwich, in the exact same spot where they broke up a few dozen issues ago. Yeah. Uh-oh. Bad omen? <laughs> Maybe. They have a little bit of a tiff here where Peter says the same old stuff. You're not safe with me. Green Goblin's gonna kill you. <laughs> I, I We said this last time, but, like, just imagine if someone is, like, hiding behind the bleachers listening to them. Some pervert. But, uh, was, um, MJ kind of doesn't confront Peter, but 
tries to acknowledge that she's okay that Peter killed the Green Goblin because Harry told her that, which leads to an even bigger fight where Peter is mad because she believed Harry and not him about goblin murder. Yeah, it's complicated here. Uh, I, I kind of like how Bendis writes this because there's two perspectives. Peter's just angry because, like, yeah, it's an offensive thing to even assume. But the way she asks it, she's not assuming as much as she's n- nervous that it could be true. Because she, her initial reaction to Harry telling her this is to not believe it and deny it. Yeah. Like, she believes in Peter, but she has doubts. And she also wants to know that if Peter, if this is weighing on Peter, that she's there for him as well. Yeah, but her her trying to have tact on this completely backfires. Yeah. And uh, Harry uh, yells at her that Harry's nuts. I was trying to think of a way to work in that line from Austin Powers' Gold Member. You know the one. I can see your nuts. It's, I used to think you were crazy, but now I can see your nuts. And it's because... Austin just pulled down Dr. Evil's pants by accident on a ladder. That's that's a terrible movie. It's the best movie ever made. Uh, Yeah, so there's more shenanigans with Harry and the Vulture. Uh, Mr. Shaw, he's not the Vulture. He's the Vulture. Uh, So Mr. Shaw very rudely interrupts Harry while he's just chilling on his couch watching some AVP. Yeah, this one, Mr. Shaw's like, why aren't you at school becoming friends with Spider-Man? I could really, I'd love to watch, like, a TV show about Mr. Shaw and Harry and just Harry, like, having to do this mission of becoming friends with Spider-Man to convince him to give up the location of the Green Goblin. That sounds like a great, like... (laughs) sitcom don't make me go to school you go to school and you talk to spider-man you get me pictures of spider-man uh but uh yeah harry and shaw start fighting about this and harry started to kind of realize how weird this is he's like you're in my house get the fuck out (laughs) (laughs) like you're not (laughs) you're just a guy who worked for my dad why can you just waltz into my house yeah but uh, this is when the this becomes interesting because Spider-Man walks in. Well, crawls on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, like like some sort of webhead freak. <laughs> um, and he asks Harry, Harry, who are you talking to? Because the vulture was invisible the whole time, and it's just Harry standing there, and he says, "Uh, no one." And immediately you get whiplash, and you're like, "Who is driving the car? Was New Jer- is New Jersey real? Yeah, what <laughs> was there the weird goblin sex robot? <laughs> was there ever a goblin? So this devolves into Peter being confused, Harry screaming in- into the void, and the invisible Mister Shaw." Uh, saying, show him you who you really are, Harold, and then going, cellar door! Uh, and we get a flashback to the Oz explosion when Norman Osborn was turned into the Green Goblin. Yeah, and we know that uh, when we read that all the way back in, uh, I guess that was episode two of this podcast. God, Sean, Justin was so young. <laughs> so yeah, what happened back then is Harry came to the door and... My sweet child. Dad, what are you doing? And Justin, 
sweet, sweet Justin, uh, with his single ear pierced. And Justin, uh, Mr. Osborne's assistant, came over to Harry and told him to leave. And then the experiment exploded, Boom. creating the Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus and, and Molten Man. <laughs> Yeah, so the arts, I, I, I gotta say, the arts a little confusing here, but I think what's happening is Justin just kind of melts. Yeah, and it looks like Harry's body then fuses with Justin's ear piercing, giving him some sort of superhuman ability. Giving him a mis- invisible vulture in his head. Giving him invisible vulture projection abilities. <laughs> That are only only visible to him. Yeah, it's probably... Giving him an imaginary friend. I can't think of a more useless power. Can you imagine if, instead of Mr. Shaw that it was, that was the in- imaginary friend that Harry had, it was Justin? <laughs> It'd be way better. So Harry turns into a giant fire troll in, in the present. Yeah, just screaming, Senator! And yeah, it, this is fun if as long as you don't think too much about what's real. <laughs> Honestly, I think everything checks out enough. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Th- like the the at things were actually more confusing before it revealed that Shaw isn't real. <laughs> yeah. So, um this is the Hobgoblin. Yes. So, uh issue 76 uh, opens with a great cover of this yellow version of Green Goblin, which is Harry Osborn, a.k.a. Hob- Ultimate Hobgoblin. And uh, Hobgoblin was created by Roger Stern and John Romita Jr. in 1983's Amazing, Amazing Spider-Man 238. And uh, the first to hold the name of the Hobgoblin uh, back in the 80s was technically uh, fashion designer Roderick Kingsley. But many others have taken up the the hobby mantle. Uh, None of them ever in the 616 Harry Osborn. Yeah, isn't Harry Osborn usually like Lil Goblin or like Green Goblin 2? Yeah, just Green Goblin. Yeah. Green Goblin 3, technically. No, come on. If you are going by numbers. I don't think so. That doesn't make any sense. Who's the second one? Um, It's... Do you want me to get into some deep Spider-Man lore? Is it Vulture? No, it's Harry Osborn's uh, psychologist. After his dad was kind of uh, defeated. And the psychologist found out through like hypnosis and stuff that Harry's dad was the Green Goblin and learned how to take all his secrets. <laughs> now give me his secrets. Yeah. <laughs> It's, Give me all your secret golden bananas. And he like stole the glider and became the Green Goblin for a bit. It's, it's it was really silly. It's it's actually a good story though. That's ridiculous. I might I might have gotten some of the details wrong. It's been quite a long time since I read that one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, this isn't a standard uh, Spider-Man fight because normally at this point they would just start punching each other. But uh, Peter really doesn't want to fight Harry. And at this point, Peter has sort of had an awakening that Harry's weirdness is not his fault. Yeah, and I like this because this comes straight after, this fight comes straight after when Peter hurt that guy, that that, uh, mugger. Yeah. And, like, he really doesn't want to use his full strength in this fight. No, he doesn't. 
which puts him at a huge disadvantage because this is someone as strong or stronger than the Green Goblin. Yeah, it's a massive troll made of fire. Yeah. Um, so he's tossing Peter around, and Pete's like, Harry, it's me, your friend. Come back. <laughs> don't listen. Don't listen to that vulture. <laughs> Peter does not know about the vulture. <laughs> uh, but uh, Peter's wondering, like, did like Norman Osborn do this to his own son? I just pictured, like, an alternate an alternate ending to this issue or to this arc where Hobgoblin is laying in the street defeated and like people are all around like filming him with cell phone videos and then as he's laying there like slowly losing consciousness Shaw leads Shaw leads down next to Harry's ear and whispers they're all vultures Harry and then he goes and flies off into the air and he was the vulture the whole time he's not Adrian Toomes (laughs) <laughs> Wouldn't that, don't you think that would be a good ending though <laughs> it'd be weird <laughs> yeah so peter's trying to web him up and just stop him um he, he runs away to the balcony but like uh, hobgoblin seems to be just getting stronger and stronger the longer this goes on yeah it's a pretty cool fight though yeah uh he manages to finally eventually get peter while they're on the balcony and just throw him into a, a skyscraper, a, like, across the street. Yeah, and cars are exploding, and... Yeah, yeah, it's, uh... It feels really framed in, a, like, a very cinematic sort of way. Peter hits the ground, just barely manages to not, like, just crash right into the pavement and manages to cushion his fall a little bit. Uh, but then a, a cabbie comes out and checks if he's all right. Feels like a moment from one of the Sam Raimi movies. It really does, yeah. I was just singing the same thing. You all right, Spider-Man? Here, take my Advil. <laughs> and it's a lucky thing, though, that that guy uh, comes out of the, his car and checks on him. Lucky that that guy has so much Advil. <laughs> because then his uh, taxi cab gets crushed as Hobby jumps straight to the ground on top of it. <laughs> Pete pops one of the Advils, turns to the cabbie, and says, Jesus, dude, what is in this? Is this, like, weapons grade? There's no Advil, by the way, guys. <laughs> Peter probably needs it, though, because, yeah, things don't go well. He is getting boulders thrown at him. Well, not boulders, but, like, pieces of asphalt. Boulders. <laughs> I don't know why I described that as a boulder. I just pictured the, um, you know, the stray demon from Dark Souls 3 that somehow has learned to summon boulders out of its mouth and toss them at you? Yeah. That's what I was picturing the... the green goblin doing or whoever he's learned how to become an octorok yeah (laughs) he's become an octorok exactly um we get a weird ferris bueller scene where we see that peter and mj are missing from class yeah that that's a really weird like i don't know why it matters i guess it's to show us that mj is gone too why not a scene of mj like taking the subway no i don't know I feel like we get a gratuitous amount of panels wasted on Peter's teachers. That's true. It's all this one teacher, too, his biology teacher. Yeah, every once in a while it's his mean, like, English teacher who, like, assigns yeah. weird assignments that only exist in comic books and movies. Yeah. So, um, Peter's starting to worry that if Harry doesn't calm down soon, that the Ultimates are going to show up and kill him. Yeah, he, he's really just begging him at this point and just kind of playing keep away and 
it kind of looks like it works for a second. There's a look on Hobgoblin's face that looks human. And then Shaw whispers in his ears, They're all vultures, Harry! <laughs> and uh, he says, This ends one way. You know what you have to do. This seems like a weird switch where the Hobgoblin, which I'm going to say Shaw is like the Hobgoblin's personality. Is that fair? Uh, I think that could be fair. It almost seems like his... Before he was like, let's find my dad. Now it seems like his motivation switched to, let's get fucking killed. Hell yes. I'd say it the, since the start, though. The Shaw voice is this voice of instability in Harry's life. You know what I mean? Like, he's never consistent. Like, Oh, it's so Shaw's voice is, too, is not... Doesn't want anything specific. It's just out of his mind. Yeah, I kind of think so. I think it's supposed to represent his father. Oh, his father's control. Yeah, his father's control and his father's like, just like... His father's control? Like, the the one thing that's consistent Nothing. about imaginary Shaw is the fact that he wants the well-being of Norman and he wants to, like, help Norman and Harry doesn't matter. Um, I think he wants to, uh... I think Shaw's true motivations is to to steal the millennial pearls from the from the armored car. Yeah. Uh, the one thing consistent about Shaw is he's a vulture. <laughs> They're all vultures, Harold. So nearby, uh, as we noticed, MJ is not in class. She is at the, uh, getting off the subway uh, just a few blocks away from their fight. Oh, there's literally the scene of her on a subway. That's, that I mentioned earlier. Like, why did they just show her on a subway? Yeah. I guess they did. <laughs> guess we had even more extra filler room. But uh, she is worried about what's going on here. She kind of knows that there's a Spider-Man fight. Because people are like, Spider-Man's tearing up the city. And it's like, he's not doing anything. There's he's a, a menace. Fire. Get out of here, webhead. Do, do, like, I don't get people saying this on the street. Do they think that he, like, summoned the fire troll in some sort of... <laughs> satanic ritual like what why don't you get down on this rooftop and fight us you freak <laughs> that's enough spider-man 2 the game references spider-man thugs i just love the, the concept of thugs just hanging out on rooftops waiting for spider-man to show up so they can tell him what a freak he is yeah <laughs> i'm losing it i'm tired all right um so at this point, MJ gets to the fight, and she sees the big troll, and... Yeah, and she gets there just at the point when Peter kind of is realizing he has to fight back, and is finally getting the upper hand. He, like, does, like, a sw web swing kick into Hobgoblin's face, and knocks him into some cars, and they're kind of, like, wrestling, and he's, like, on top of him, and he's got him, and then MJ is seen by Hobgoblin, and... Shaw says into Harry's ear, this is our chance. <laughs> Let's kill her. Maybe she's got some jewels. <laughs> that's like, that's a vulture's things, right? He, he likes jewels? Is that like... That and like fountains of youth. What? He wants to become young. That's like a lot of time his motivation. We don't have time to dive into that. <laughs> Not on this Oh, podcast. I haven't told you about the young vulture saga? I, Sean, I do not have five hours to discuss this, and that's the amount of time it deserves. Where he, where he steals Spider-Man's youth? Was, why was Spider-Man's youth hanging on to a bunch of jewels? 
No, he turns Peter old and he becomes young. And, it's, and then Peter's just going after Jules. Sure. What do you think uh, Vulture's favorite country music singer is? I don't know. Is this a joke? Is this a setup for a joke? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a country music star called named Jewel, right? I'm going to look this up. Yeah. Okay. Jewel. We're talking a lot about the Vulture for an episode that does not feature the character, the Vulture. She sold 30 million albums worldwide. Yeah, Jewel's really popular. You didn't know who she was like two minutes ago, so don't... I did. I just didn't realize that's the punchline you were going for. <laughs> well, what other punchline would there be? I, I'm, I'm just trying to find if she's a country singer. I think with a name like Jewel, how couldn't she be? Anyway, it's Vulture's favorite, and he's always trying to steal her. <laughs> anyway, Hobgoblin leaves the fight with Peter and tries to go kill MJ. And uh, Peter just keeps thinking in his head, oh, God, no. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, no. And it's basically his nightmare and what he's been warning MJ about. The one thing that sucks about this story is, like, Peter kind of gets vindicated in all his fears. Yeah. (laughs) It'd be better if, like, MJ was, like, back off, pencil neck, and then, like, hit Hobgoblin with a (laughs) two-by-four. And Maybe, he like, yeah. and he had like one of those big goose eggs on his head. And he went like, and little birds flew around his head. But Peter manages to just get MJ uh, in time and uh, and swings her up to a, a rooftop. And he kind of gets angry at her for a minute, but they don't have much time. Yeah, they don't have time to fight. <laughs> yeah, he realizes he has to get her to hide in this building, and he'll hold off Hobgoblin. Yeah. Does he tell her that the, that it's Harry? Um, I think she kind of already heard, uh, and I think here he says, I'm going to hold off Harry, and then she, I don't have the exact dialogue in front of me, but. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, Harry has gotten to the the roof of this building now, and him and Spider-Man do that thing where they like, they tackle each other in midair and then fall to the ground. Yeah, and Peter now, uh, can just, uh can can just fight he he's at this point where he's just angry mj's in danger he is not going to hold back and mm-hmm. he just starts punching and punching hobgoblin in the face yeah but then he kind of um he remembers who he's punching and what he's doing um and he stops and after he stops hobgoblin says hurt me snake <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, uh, try again. <laughs> he goes, do it! Ah, uh, please, don't stop. Ah, uh, kill me. Shit. <sighs> okay, no. That's our picture's voice. A little less sexual. <laughs> okay. Don't stop. Kill me. Is that good? Yes. But that's the end of issue 76. A, a tragic ending to... One of the most badass fights so far in all of Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. But in the cover of issue 77, we get a cool pick of Hobby wearing some fashionable jeans. Where do you get those jeans? <laughs> Same place Hulk gets his. <laughs> what, doesn't Hulk wear shorts? He wears, like, jean shorts. No, they're, like, purple. Makes him, he makes them himself. They turn purple in it to contrast colors. Wait, part of the gamma radiation turns his shorts purple? Yeah, it makes him fashionable. This is something we'll have to discuss in an episode with Hulk in it. Yeah, his fashion show powered shorts. 
Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we go back to where we were with Pete, ready to sock Hobby a good one. Uh, but Hobby says, Pea shooter. <laughs> he says, Pea shooter. Which, please, Peter? Is that what that. I think so. It's very distorted. Basically, it says pea shooter. Yeah, you can tell he's like, there's. Uh, Bagley does a really good job of like communicating with the art. Hobgoblin's pain. Uh, it it reminds me of like some like very. Uh, it's full blown. It's full blown Nina dog from Full Metal Alchemist. I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah. And Nick Furious Scar. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Harry is like yeah shedding a tear. It's it's pretty rough. Peter is ready to help him and he offers harry a hand yeah and they're like there's like this couple panels of them about to hold hands and you're like oh shit oh shit they're friends again and then they get vulched they get vulched shaw uh in harry's head because he's not real they're all vultures harold (laughs) He, he makes the weirdest argument. He says, Peter won't end your suffering and won't kill you. Only your father can. We need to get your father. You back on the dad train, Vulch? Now, now your dad's gonna kill you? Dad, kill me. Yeah. So there's a nice scene here where, like, he takes Peter's hand, and then Peter's spider senses go off, and then he flips Peter just, just away. Just Peter's just gone. Yeah, yeah, and I like it too because like Peter Spire sense goes off, but you're not dodging him when he has a grip on your hand already. Yeah. At this point the boys in blue show up and show us that bullets are impotent in the ultimate universe. Yeah, also show us that uh, you know, it's not a good idea to try and shoot a fire troll. Yeah, yeah, you're just going to let more of the fire out. Uh and those cops are very dead. <laughs> Just pointing out here, Harry murders a lot of people as Hobgoblin. He does. I want to point specific attention that in the notes you have you have written the phrase "shot eggs on Harry." Eggs. Yeah, like a vulture. Yeah, like a bird. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I uh, calls him Harold some more and. Uh, I like that touch, even though MJ was just calling him Harrison in the last issue. So, like, what is his ref- like real it's full like, first name? It's like Flash. They have they have nebulous names that are unstuck in time. That is true. Yeah. Thank you, Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. So, as we're all probably wondering at this point, I wonder what Nick Fury is up to. <laughs> I actually kind of do because he is kind of to blame for all this mess. Yeah, I think it's Spider-Man is a like an inner monologue where he was like, "How did Nick Fury let this happen?" Yeah, like they took Harry away for months, took him to Colorado, kind of like deprogrammed him, helped him, and didn't notice that he had fire troll DNA. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is kind of a twist because I was thinking, oh, Fury led him out to try to get him to lead him to the bunker. Mm-hmm. Is what I was thinking, and that it was on purpose. But we cut to Fury, and Fury is looking at a TV screen, and he's like, "What the hell? <laughs> Who let this troll out? <laughs> Call the Hulkbuster unit!" And it was just a big mistake. 
Yeah, and we, we get to see Agent Jimmy Woo again. Uh, and I feel like every time we see uh, Jimmy Woo, he is just so incompetent. Last time we saw him, he was up with uh, Sharon Carter against uh, Sandman. And he totally just completely fucked that up. Yeah, he, he, tried, he tried to beat him by throwing a bag of sand at him. That's not going to work, Jimmy. <laughs> that fool's made of sand. What's more sand gonna do? You just give it more power. <laughs> and now, I think he like fed some Oz serum to Harry by mistake. <laughs> you dead man. Check out this Gatorade. It's sick. It's green and it's made of goblins. <laughs> um, Drink but, up, uh, idiot. <laughs> they go to check on Agent Thibodeau, and oh, Agent Thibodeau, we only have ever seen your hand. <laughs> your limp hand hanging out of a pile of rubble. Rubble, rubble. So, yeah, Fury's pissed. He gets in his own Hulkbuster rocket person armor. Uh, not like Hulkbuster as in, like, the Iron Man one from the Avengers movies, but, like, just, like, some, like, jetpack yeah, laser jet gun. Yeah, it's a jetpack and a gun. <laughs> yeah. Hulk busted. Yeah, and him and Jimmy Woo get in there and, uh... Hulk kid, they... jetpack, I'm gonna kick his ass. <laughs> they take off towards, uh, Manhattan where, uh, Hobgoblin's tearing up the city. Yeah, so Peter and, and Hobgoblin are still duking it out, I guess. Yeah, and uh, and, and, and when Harry sees uh, the Hulkbusters, he says thank you. He he wants them, he wants Nick Fury to come and kill him. Yeah, yeah. And his misery. Harry wants to die. Like, the, the basically the Hulkbusters circle in and Peter is trying to stop them. But Fury's like, hell no. Yeah, and they just get they just circle him and then shoot lasers from all angles at Hobgoblin, and he doesn't even really resist. Yeah, it just kills him instantly. Uh, he doesn't die, but he transforms back into a very naked mm-hmm. and very bald Harry Osborn. Bald, just like the Vulture. Yeah. <laughs> Does Harry Osborn become the Vulture too? At this point, at this point, you're like, okay, the Vulture is inside Harry. Harry just turned bald. But I feel like I'm missing a piece of the puzzle, and it doesn't become clear until a little bit later. So um, <clears throat> Nick Fury and Peter have uh, a bit of an argument, I guess. Uh, more than a bit of an argument, Peter punches the eye patch off of him. Hell yeah. And then Fury has this line where he's like, Officer, make spider powers illegal. <laughs> Yeah, he, he tells Peter to go home first. He doesn't yeah. tell that to his face. Yeah, and then Peter fucks off. And so it's at this point <clears throat> where Fury is checking out Harry to make sure he's still alive. And you're like, okay, Shaw was bald, Harry's bald, and then it clicks. You're like, wait a minute, Nick Fury's bald too. Then Fury leans in to Harry's ear, whispers into his ear, they're all vultures, Harold. And then he goes, and flies off. It that turns does out not happen. Jetpack was the vulture wings the whole time. But wouldn't no. that be a cooler ending? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, he tells he tells his team that he wants the Oz formula, uh, the, the Oz formula secret cracked by his birthday. Mm-hmm. We don't get to find out what Nefuri's birthday is, which is disappointing. It's April twentieth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Boker. Uh, same date as four uh, twenty. <laughs> yeah, we get it. 
So yeah. the final kind of epilogue to this uh, story is Peter going to MJ's doorstep where we saw her uh, first uh, kind of kissing and like dating Harry in the flashback in the very first issue of the story arc. Uh, and now she's just really worried about Peter. Uh, and she had she ran home as soon as she could from that fight. But she's been worried sick about him. Yeah, we get a we get a touching little little uh, little scene here, where um, there's a lot of tension between them. Still, the fight has not dissipated now that the goblin has been neutralized, and uh, MJ wants to hug Peter, but Peter's being emotionally distant. Yeah, uh, Peter finally brings the argument that he couldn't do on the roof, which is. Why the hell were you in the city then? Why were you going there? Yeah, I told you to stay away. And and MJ says she she didn't know that Harry was a giant fire troll. She just was going to talk to him to do what, you know, mature human beings do. Yeah, and she said, it's like, you didn't tell me he was a fire troll. Pete responds, I didn't know he was a fire troll. I just knew there was something going on. Yeah, and Peter tells her that he can't do this anymore he can't protect her if she's not going to listen he's very harsh probably Mm -hmm. too harsh yeah but he's under a lot of pressure i feel for the guy yeah yeah and he starts crying and everyone's crying but yeah this breakup isn't just like a screaming match like it could have been like it looked like it was going no i think the way this is finally done is good because um Peter mentions that he can't have friends because he'll find them dead somewhere. And uh, she hugs him. He hugs her back. They both cry. But then Peter pushes her away and and then runs off into the night. Yeah, leaving MJ just standing there alone saying, oh, no. They're all vultures, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that even picked up on the mic. It, it, I could hear it at least. <laughs> okay, you might have to boost it. <laughs> but yes. yeah, uh, depressing ending. Uh, and we're gonna next time we get to Ultimate Spider-Man, we're gonna uh, talk about the fallout, Spider-Man, uh, the next phases in Peter's life uh, after this. So I'm really excited for that because actually, uh, this marks one of my favorite eras in the story of Ultimate Peter Parker. But. Uh-oh. Uh, we'll get to that in probably probably a couple months because we're so busy, but we'll get to yeah. it. Yeah. So up front, I'm going to talk about the image galleries, which are currently pretty behind, and I have no idea when I'll be able to get to them. I will get to them eventually, but as it stands right now, we mentioned this at the top of the episode, I have absolutely no free time. We We barely got this episode recorded. Is that fair to say? Oh, it's very fair to say. Yeah, it's just our lives are pretty pretty busy right now. Um, to keep it to keep it vague, I've I've started a new business, and uh, if you've ever been a business owner before, then you know that that's your entire life for the first little bit. So, yeah, but uh, we do plan on uh, coming back when things uh, kind of stabilize a little more. So uh, we're not sure right now. We're gonna be on hiatus. At least two weeks, very much maybe three or four. There is a small chance that we'll be able to do, uh, not next week, but the week after. 
Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, if uh, if you like the show, this is a great time to recommend it to people. Um, Give us some time to get caught up. You can uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. We're under Best Buds Podcasts, where we have uh, some other great shows along with Ultimate Losers on here. Yep. We have uh, Disciples of Whoopi. We have Carly Radio. We have The Advice is Right. Uh, and... Uh, yeah they're all fun things that uh, we've recorded in the past and you might enjoy it if you like this yeah yeah they're great shows i love them all but listeners i love you the most yes so whenever we are back which you know uh follow the twitter and you'll be you'll get updated on the twitter we'll be talking about the ultimate fantastic four yeah and we'll be starting uh a round of annuals so we'll get some uh Ooh. some fun one-off stories nice but in the meantime i've been your co-host sam white and i've been your co-host sean white you keep on losing and keep on cruising <laughs>